Hello, well, this is Blonde Haired Girl. I wanted to talk about a person who whose work changed my life. And I, I can't even tell you exactly how I got introduced to this person. It was sometime around, I want to say 2000, maybe. It's been at least 20 years uh, since I was introduced to this person, uh, not physically, but to his work. And that is the work of David R. Hawkins, MD, PhD. He wrote a number of books um, under the, under, I think it was his own self-publishing agency, um, Veritas, let me, hold on, let me, um, Um, uh, I think it was under, it's, um, gosh, um, uh, Veritas Publishing, which V-E-R-I-T-A-S, so I'm hoping I'm saying it correctly, I think he started this publishing company, um, for his work. I don't know if there's any other people's works under Veritas Publishing. So I, I believe he's self-published. And then the first book, book that he wrote that I know of is Power Versus Force, which I didn't, it wasn't the first book I read of his. The first book I read was Eye of the Eye. And okay, so Power Versus Force, Eye of the Eye, and I are a trilogy. Uh, they're, they're three books that are, that are kind of meant to be a trilogy. And I think that I read Eye of the Eye first, and then I went back and tried to read um, Power Versus Force, and I just, I just, I mean, I was too far down the rabbit hole uh and power versus force was like not not my really my thing um maybe i should go back and read it now <laughs> um i have to tell you um his works were incredibly difficult to read and i'm just going to say it like that uh he did not write in vernacular he wrote in language that back then I had to have a dictionary or I had to just try to guess what the word meant because I don't even know if a lot of the words that he used were in a regular dictionary. <laughs> like when he was like describing God, like what the attributes of God, he, he would use these words that were just so, you know, beyond anything I'd ever really read before huh? <laughs> um <laughs> and you know as, a, as before I, I was I was getting ready to do this this little blurb about this I I got to thinking why why was I so attracted to his material his work and it was 
it was really, I was, I was really quite hungry for something outside of the Bible. I had been raised a Catholic. I had been really um, around me. A lot of people were fundamentalist Christian. And so I had been well, you know, versed in the Bible. And I just, I just wasn't having it. There was just too much that went on in the Christian church that went on even in Catholicism that, and, and I'm, I mean, by this point, my, my husband at the time had received an annulment from the Catholic church. This is part of the reason why I left the Catholic church, because it could have been argued that I was more Catholic than he was. (laughs) And they gave him an annulment based on my incapacity to marry, not based on anything that he did. Well, I guess I didn't ask for the annulment, so he asked for the annulment and got it, and it really bothered me just how ridiculous all of that was to say that we were never married. It was just so, so ridiculous. Uh, I don't even know what he tells people about that. I mean, it's been so long ago, but anyway. So, <laughs> so... um I, but I had, you know, I'm trying to think, I think the biggest gateway away from traditional Catholic Christian thinking was Conversations with God. I I read that book um, by Neil Donald Walsh uh, probably in 99. And so that was the gateway because I was really hungry for something outside of all of that. I, this was a thing for me, like one of the biggest things for me, you know, it is this idea that all you have to do, okay, (laughs) bear with me, all you have to do for salvation is to accept Jesus as your personal savior. Okay, so, so, so churches really like to say that, but then once you get into it, if you believe in evolution, you are not a Christian. So if you don't believe that the earth was created in seven days and is only 7,000 years old, if you believe in science, you are not a Christian. You have to believe in creation, the creation story of the Bible, or you are not a Christian. And I just, I got to tell you that along with so many things, you know, just this, you know, idea about sin and them deciding what is sin and and who's going to heaven and who's going to hell and just the and the madness that it has turned into today. I mean, I left all this years ago. All of this crazy stuff with the Christian church. I just I just I just wasn't having it. I just wasn't. And so and so the work of David Hawkins was just such, so soothing to my soul <laughs> to, to hear that there's a way out of this madness to, into something different. <laughs> it's like, please, please take me away. And so, and so I started studying his work and, and he talked about enlightenment. But he wasn't Buddhist, he wasn't Christian, he wasn't 
he didn't he didn't really care he like he even talks about this in his work he said it doesn't really matter what religion you identify with it's your intentionality in that religion and and it has to do more so just with with he he talked about the path of non-duality which which is just so interesting in these days in these days where everything just especially in the United States but it's it's actually happening in other places too like for example last Last evening, I learned that there is all kinds of protests going on in Israel because the president, who I'm not even going to try to say his name correctly, is trying to override the the Supreme Court there and and say that he and and his, I guess, government officials something like. Congress here, I suppose. I mean, I'm not really sure how their government works, but that they can override court decisions. And the people of Israel are just not having it. And so there there are massive protests going on in Israel right now. There is a whole lot of unrest on this planet going on right now regarding just full-on corruption and my hope is that is that it's just the last hurrah before there is this massive change on the planet toward peace that in and a planet and in a world system that's based on love not not what it's based on right now which is it appears to be full on greed and so David Hawkins would say the path of non-duality, the, the, this way of seeing the world in, in a totally different light. Like it's, it's not a, a, a world of good and bad, right and wrong, you know, good and evil. You know, I, I mean, it's, this would be a path where it's a different paradigm and a way of looking at everything in non-duality. They called it the razor's edge. And, and so this was the goal. <clears throat> he talked about, about learning how when thoughts come up to surrender them immediately to God. And he used the word God. He wasn't, he wasn't one of these people who like mixed words on, didn't say universe, didn't say, you know, he always used the word God. <laughs> and, and I liked that because I, I'm really comfortable with the word God, but there's a lot of people that would be turned off by that because their depiction of God is is a really horrible one. But as the years have gone on, 
and studying David Hawkins' work, I, I was able to, to come to peace with the term God. <clears throat> and so, and so this idea of light enlightenment, um, he would, he would talk about the attributes of God. I mean, he spent chapters talking about the attributes of God. And sometimes he would say what God is not to kind of say what God is. And he, and he, he, and there's so many people I could just see, you know, basically kind of, he's a heretic because he, God has no gender. God ha- isn't judgmental. <laughs> I mean, it's a shift in thinking to go get away from the fear that is indoctrinated in people through relig- religion. And I don't even know if it's just specific to, to Christianity. Because it seems like other religions on the planet have have pretty high fear levels as well. Based on some of the things that are going on, I was watching something yesterday having to do with Iran, where they had, there was a girl's school and they had, they were, I don't know, I'm not going to be able to say this accurately, but they were doing something really horrible and locking the girls into the school and some kind of toxic gas thing. It was, it was really horrible. It is horrible what is happening in Iran right now. And so I don't think it's just, it's just, um, what I'm trying to say is I don't think it's just specific to Christianity, the idea of fear, to fear God, that God is scary. But David Hawkins says that God is not that. <laughs> I don't know if I, ever to- if I ever heard him say that God is not something to be feared. I mean, I mean, what's coming to mind for me, and this has been something that I, I've had a really hard time grappling with. Okay, so the idea that that God is everything. Okay, so God, God is everything, everything, everywhere. God is the matrix, the the fabric, gravity, the that which is is the building blocks of creation, the creator and the created, all, all in all. Okay, so if there's anywhere that God is not, then somehow God is the base, that which is horrible, which is evil, which is bad. And so I'm sitting here and I'm like, I don't, I don't quite understand that part because that is an aspect 
of it as well. Of it, like that which would torture people, is an aspect of the same creator as angels. And so I don't quite understand it. And maybe I'm incorrect in everything I just said. I remember I was I was at something and I was I was learning about basically I think it's dream it's like states of sleep and and the wavelengths of these states of sleep and 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 meditation and brain waves during meditation that are similar to those of sleep these are like like brain waves that the brain is in during our waking and and sleeping and it was like it was going from like and I I I can't keep them all straight and I'm not even going to try but it was going from like you know you're just like living your day to like you're getting a little sleepy to like you're in this sleep state to where you're in this you know, very suggestible dream state. And then like, and then there's this one point where, where, where the wavelengths almost flatline and that is, is back to God. That's in like a God space. That's in a, 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 where something is manifest, creation itself. Okay, so I, I get to thinking about this because that's what I do. I got to thinking about people who who are, are really on the opposite because like you think of like a God state. We always think of like a God state as this like really loving, really, you know, want to talk about high vibrations. The, that kind of talk just makes me crazy. So I'm trying to stay away from it. But anyway, for this argument, I'm going to say, okay, high vibration, okay? Um, but there are people who are incredibly powerful who are to the opposite. They're incredibly powerful to the opposite, not to the high vibration, but to the negative vibration, such as, you know, people on the planet who have annihilated min- millions of people. And and they have arguably a lot of power in partly because of their belief about something and and their determination and their will. And so thy will be done. But I'm, I'm going to say, I don't know how it's not all the same building blocks, creator, and creation to the negative. So this is part of what I don't understand. I, I mean, I just don't get it. I don't see how. But you see, this is part of non-duality and just surrendering that to God because I don't understand it. And I don't even know that in the next life, I'm really going to understand it. It's like we all think that, 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 that when we pass out of our body, we're going to 
we're going to go to this place where like all the answers are. And I don't know if that's true. Maybe it is. <laughs> but I, I just don't know. I, I just, it's just crazy. Um, anyway, <clears throat> so he talks about this idea of enlightenment. And one of the things, he, and he talks a lot if you know anything about his work, he talks a lot about this idea of the, I guess, levels of consciousness, like not levels, but stages of consciousness. And he, and he said, you can, you can calibrate things based on kinesthesiology, I guess, where you muscle testing. And so he was always saying things and then going to his, his wife to like, test it and if it was wrong then he would test it he would say something else and he would test it again he was always testing truth and as I've gotten gone through years of like like really analyzing that because there were some things that he said that really bothered me because it didn't line up with what I saw not that I didn't love him and not that I didn't trust him but it just didn't line up with what I was seeing and like he has this whole book on the calibration of a whole lot of things like you know the Republican Party the Democratic Party the countries I mean it it was like he had this whole Coca-Cola versus Pepsi I mean I'm kind of making a joke but maybe not I wouldn't be surprised if those weren't in there and he he did all these calibrations on all of these these different things and and honestly the problem with it is is that you can calibrate that one second and one second later it can be a different calibration you know somebody can (laughs) I'm making a a maybe I should do it to the positive I mean somebody could have a spontaneous enlightenment experience and shoot up the levels of of consciousness in a second and so they may calibrate at 200 one day and 700 the next (laughs) i'm being such a brat right now i'm sorry but um what I'm trying to say is that it, it was so not as fluid as I felt like he, he was presenting it to be. It was so much more fluid than what he was presenting it to be. And he had, he did say in his work, and maybe I just didn't, I haven't read it in a really long time. Um, maybe he did say in there, I mean, he would say sometimes like this, this started here and then is here now. And sometimes that went down. Um, based on on that person's life and journey, I suppose. And so, and so he talked about the, the road to enlightenment, the, you know, how heaven's gate and like, no, he didn't say that. I don't think making jokes. Um, the road to enlightenment, and so I, 
I'm I'm reading this and I'm I'm reading and reading and reading and reading and studying and reading and and then I studied I and I'm and I'm and I just have this like massive block. I do. I have this massive block to the idea of enlightenment that my my thought is I'm never going to get I'm I will never be enlightened in this lifetime. This is what my thought is. And, and I, and I also, I mean, I didn't even think I would reach a place of unconditional love. And I, and, 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 and I gotta say this, um, because I don't know that anybody is just solidly there. I feel like there is this presentation in the spiritual community can't, I don't really like that word, but I don't know what else to use. Spiritual community that you are somehow at some place forevermore. Like you reach this pinnacle and then you never have another challenge for the rest of your life. You are just in a state of nirvana, of continuous nirvana. And and so this is how it was kind of presented to me. And I don't know if I if I got that from him um or or what. I, I don't know where I got that idea. Um but even in the idea of unconditional love, like if you think about the idea of unconditional love, what exactly does that mean? And and I and I found my love, especially before. I think that that right now I I'm not talking about myself right at this very moment. But when I was studying his work, I I knew that my love was conditional. I knew it was. And, and I, and I was really grappling with a lot of things and I was really having a hard time and I, and I didn't necessarily have a level of even self-love to be able to like self-acceptance to be able to fully love and accept someone else, you know, and I mean, depending on who they were, I mean, like maybe I had more unconditional love toward my children than other, but even there, there were times where where they would do something and it would hurt me. Like I would feel hurt. Okay, like they would do something and I would feel hurt. And then I had this like I had this this feeling come over me of of how to compensate for that. And a lot of times it was kind of this meanness that I was going to withhold my love from them, like as some kind of punishment for um, for what they had done. I mean, I could just feel it. And, 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 and other people in my life, like if, if, you know, if you hurt me, you know, I just, this sense of punishment that I, that as, as my life 
went on, you know, I, I was better and better. And, and I can't say that I don't have those moments now, but I am a lot more, I'm a lot more introspective and I, and I look at things. I look at things a lot differently. I'm, I'm more able to, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to withdraw. I, I can see what I'm doing and, and make a choice to not do that, not to be like that. That's not who I want to be. <clears throat> and so, and so he presents this thing as, 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 you know, cause he talks about it so incessantly that very, very few people ever reach enlightenment. And he says that very, very few people even, even attempt to reach enlightenment. There's very few people on the planet who make the journey to enlightenment, who actually consider it as a, as a goal. He's like 0.001% of the population. I'm being kind of sarcastic, but this made me believe that that's never going to happen for me. Never. Um, but at some point there was, there was this phrase he used that really, um, that really, changed my life as I was as I was studying his work I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm looking through the book trying to find the actual phrase that he said <laughs> um I think I have it underlined um oh, I was always writing in these books not not a whole whole lot but just Um, I may not even be able to find it. Um, but I mean, so I'm just going to kind of tell you what I think he said. He said at some point to throw away all the books and just be <laughs> surrender to God without ceasing or without like, don't ever not surrender to God and realize that which you already are which i i loved the phrase but i didn't quite understand it until i understood it so in 2018 i went i went to bed i went to bed in utter despair i was i was completely devastated by something and and just like, if I don't wake up, I don't care. I mean, I was just so completely, <laughs> I, I can't even describe the despair. I just was like, whatever. So I go to bed and, and I'm woken up. I wake up sometime in the night enveloped in this, this, I don't know how to describe it except just enveloped in the love of God. It sort of felt like I was levitating. Um, I was laying there and I just was just completely taken over by God. And at some point I, I fell asleep. I don't know how long I was awake. 
and and this happened but um I wake up the next day changed I mean changed massively changed like um as if somebody had like something just massively shifted in me and I nothing was the same and I started to piece things together that I had never seen that way before I I started to have these massive what they call synchronicities like these really weird things happening like right on top of another like um and and it was it was really hard to get my bearings and it was hard to even live to be honest i i had moments uh, not moments but like it seemed like a half a day in just bliss and the second half a day and just hell. <laughs> I mean it, it was like um and I and I was at the time meditating for about I'm gonna say about two hours a day. Um and my own form of meditation, a lot of times I was listening to music that seemed like it was streamed into me straight from the heavens I mean like truly and I would do this like kind of like this dancing type of meditation and um and I would get in the zone and then I would get dressed and then I was I was really trying to figure it out I'm like okay well now what do I do because I just wasn't sure how this new paradigm works and so I was waiting for a lot of things to come to me because I knew, I, I knew that much. I knew that things were, were coming to me, that I didn't have to look outside, outside of, of for anything, that everything would be coming to me. And stuff just came to me like in the weirdest way. Like I remember one day I just thought I need some more coffee beans and then I went into to my workplace and she had brought these coffee beans she had brought a bunch of random stuff and there was a thing of coffee beans I came in one day my earphones had broke and there was a set of earphones sitting on my desk um I I just had all these like really weird things as if my knee like sometimes like and and money like I and I didn't know how to make money in this world like I didn't like in this new paradigm it's like okay how is money going to be coming to me you know um and I thought in the beginning that massive amounts of money were going to be coming to me like I would never have to worry about money again and it didn't happen exactly that way it didn't but um And this went on and and it looked like and and I was so grateful because I ended up going back to one of his books like because of all these synchronicities I was able to open up and find this one book that because I felt really ill prepared. I felt like I was ill prepared for this 
this change and I didn't know who to turn to because nobody around me understood what was happening. And there was no one to talk to. And I was like, do not take me to a psych ward because I looked like I was having a psychotic break. I did. I know what it looked like, but I also knew that I, okay, let let me tell you what I was really thinking. What I was really thinking was that I'm dead and I don't know it. I've ha- I have a brain tumor and don't know it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, there was a, oh, I'm in a coma and don't know it. Those were three things that I was wondering about. The fourth thing was that I'm crazy. Yeah, I am. I'm certifiably crazy or I'm having a God experience. And honestly, the, the most consistent with my, what was going on with me was a God experience. So, and, and I, I, and so I just carried on and I, I wrote a book about that summer because that summer was very intense, but things still happen. Like never forget, I, I needed this, um, a battery for, um, something and the actual clicker for my, for my, (laughs) this is so weird, the clicker for my, my, um, so that I can do my videos. It was like this clicker to turn on and off my, my camera. And I needed this battery because the battery had died. And I, I went to this, this, um, cafe in town and there was this battery, this same size battery just sitting on a ledge. I mean, it was so bizarre. I mean, like, um, and stuff like this was, and it still happens. Um, and, and, and here's the thing. I don't know if it happens less. It's just that I become so accustomed to it or maybe it does have happen less and I, and I've become accustomed to it, but, but so I believe that I had some kind of enlightenment experience. And one of the things that I've wondered about is if there are levels of enlightenment, like, and I don't like the word level. And he actually talked about that in his books. He talked about the idea that, that all of these things are kind of like, like a temperature on a thermometer rather than, because I, I feel like people oftentimes get into this spiritual pride and I, I feel like I can be there too. I'm just incredibly introspective and like, I don't want to get into spiritual pride. I don't want to be like that. And so I'm very, very careful because I can feel it. I can feel it coming on. Um, and, and judgment. I don't want to be judgmental. And so we can, and so he would say that all of those, all of those are, are just temperatures, except he would say that your life experience is completely different if you're living in hate or if you're living in love. Your life experience is just going to be different based on where you are on that thermometer. Okay, so what I found was even in some kind of changed, what I would perceive to be some kind of enlightenment state, 
I'm still kind of like all over those. Like sometimes I'm frustrated. I'm in traffic and I'm frustrated. So I, I, I move down and then, you know, and then I see something that is just so beautiful. And then I'm crying tears of joy, you know, so I'm in a joyful state, you know, and then I go and I, you know, with the client and, and they're, you know, when I go to maybe a state of, oh, sadness, you know, you know, I mean, we are in flux. We are not, unless you are, and I would argue this even still. Okay. So if you are, are a Buddhist in Tibet and you are in the mountains and, but you still have to deal most of the time you are not an island completely onto yourself like my beloved Thich Han. you are not a complete item unless you really are but I don't know anyone who is just in an isolation you know that's a that's a monk they live in a monastery with other monks so you still have to deal with the weather right you're still gonna have snowy days and rainy days and sunny days and you're still going to have times where the you know your electricity doesn't come on right I mean like I don't know that the unchallenged life is possible to to pull out of a nirvanic state and I'm not suggesting that we don't that we don't aim to be as happy as we absolutely can be. I'm not I'm not suggesting that, but what I'm saying is is that I believe that part of of my issue with this idea of enlightenment is that I had this preconceived notion that it would be a consistent nirvana and it's not. So then that makes me think, okay, maybe I'm not enlightened. But this thing really is when you know, you know. It's like it's like being in love, right? You know when you're in love <laughs> sometimes, right? Maybe a better one is being pregnant. <laughs> you can't be pregnant and not pregnant at the same time, right? <laughs> anyway, so he, um, so I feel like of any text or any person who ever had an impact on me, he was the one who had the most. And that is David R. Hawkins, MD, PhD. I studied his works. I got to see him twice. And one of the times I had a very, very, very strange thing happen. I remember I was sitting in the back of the church. It was at the, 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 the Center for Spiritual Living or something like that in the, in the town I live in. And I was sitting in the very, very back because by the time I got there, it, the whole room was filled. And I'm sitting in the very back and he, and he walks up and I will, I will never forget this. He looks back at me and he gives a double take. He gives a double take. So he looks at me and then he gives a double take. 
and he looks right at me. And I didn't know what that meant, but I I think I do now. And that is is something that I'm going to have to say for another podcast because it's it's too in-depth. But um, I think he recognized me. But not maybe not necessarily me, but he recognized um, a, maybe a version of me somewhere else in on the planet. But anyway, with that, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I appreciate you listening, and I'll be back with other ideas. And that's a wrap.